This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Just looking at a variety of pictures of Mary Lou McDonald in the newspapers today and on the, on the websites. It's just one smile after another. It's a whole mix of smiles, thumbs up, chuckles. rarely seen a politician look as happy as Mary Lou MacDonald does look and as has been looking over the past uh, 24 hours. Uh, let me speak to Eamon Malley about the smile on Mary Lou MacDonald's face. Uh, Eamon, good morning. Good morning, Frank. The idea, Eamon, of Mary Lou MacDonald, and she is uh, leading the party that got the most votes in the, in the Republic. Fianna Fáil may have one more seat, but if you, if you look at the whole breakdown, uh, Sinn Féin uh, can easily argue that they had incredibly uh, popular uh, support in the Republic. If they'd stood more candidates, they would have actually won more seats. Do you get a sense now that she is able to walk as a winner, that she is, with her rhetoric, railing unionists, or is she starting to gently convince unionists that changes are coming? Well, firstly, she shouldn't be too presumptuous. She's not part of a a government. She's not party to a government yet. We still don't know the shape of the government that's going to emerge, Frank. Conceivably, uh, conceivably, uh, Fianna Fáil, Michal Martin, may decide, no, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not going into government with Sinn Féin. And then what happens? Does he go to uh, Eva Radger and say, right, okay, let's talk to the Greens, let's talk to such, and let's have some sort of an amalgam of government, so yeah, I wouldn't be too presumptuous if if I were Mary Lou. But given the strength of the support for Sinn Féin globally, vote-wise and numerically, uh, it is all the hallmarks of that party of being party to government. Now it doesn't; it changes everything, and it changes nothing in ways. What will arise, and what in a sense Sinn Féin will be empowered in government to uh, give effect to groundwork 
foundations to realise change. Now, for example, they will be able to motivate and mobilise forces to to concretise a, a joint Oireachtas committee to discuss the possibility of a border poll uh, and the United Ireland, etc. Now, intelligent people in Dublin, uh, one a former senior civil servant who was central to all those negotiations, and Good Friday people, he, he was talking to us some time back, and he was talking about both the best brains in the British administration and the Irish administration, with the help of Europe, should be involved already in planning change in terms of the status of Northern Ireland. It's sensible planning because the British government would have to economically input as well, Frank. So these are all the sort of factors now that will kick in. There will be a, there will be structures there to discuss all these things. I wouldn't put it any higher. It's not within her gift, of course, to call a border poll. And you, you, it, comes, it comes across almost as if she has the final say. She doesn't even have the first say in this. It's it's in the hands of the Northern Ireland Secretary of State. Now, but again, you don't know what's going on in the psyche of the British government. Boris Johnson, he's unpredictable. When he realises the amount of money that's going to be necessary to go on propping up Northern Ireland, you don't know what way the British Treasury is going to look at the situation. And they maybe were very willing to entertain the idea of the change in the status of Northern Ireland down the line. So we're really, these are the first steps. But the bottom line is, if Mary Lou and co get into government with Fianna Fáil, they will be in a position to realise structures from which, or from within which they will be able to actually in a mature and resourced way, discuss the potential of change of status, whether it's a border poll or ultimately a United Ireland. But I don't think, I think she's pragmatic enough. She's not going to wreck the system or rock boats. And she will be conscious of unionism, I'm sure, in, in her forthcoming. Once she assumes power, power changes everything, as you know, Frank. Eamon, do stay with me because I want to speak to Professor John Tong as well. John, good morning. Morning, Frank. Hey, understandably, she's on a bit of a, a victory lap at the moment, as anyone would be when they get that sort of mandate from the people in, in a country. But does Mary Lou run the risk of looking like as if she's celebrating almost too much, considering the context of Ireland generally? Well, there is a risk that she overplays her hand. And in some respects, there's still tactical advantages for Sinn Féin to, to be in opposition. But uh, I think that the, the law of governmental office will be too great to resist. And let's face it, the electorate in the South did not vote for a continuation of a, a Fine Gael, Fine Foyle duopoly. So I suppose Sinn Féin has no choice uh, now other than to take office. Uh, I mean, Sinn Féin are not going to be able to cobble together a sort of alignment of odds and sods on, on the left of Irish politics to be able to, to form a stable government. So the only realistic option is for a coalition with Fianna Foyle. But if I was Mary Lou MacDonald, I'd be very, very wary of being a junior partner in, in that respect. First of all, Sinn Féin got a higher percentage vote. And secondly, that the history of junior partners in Irish uh, governments is, is very, very grim indeed. Think about the Labour Party, you know, wiped out at the, the election after they'd uh, formed an administration with Fine Gael. So it would have to be a coalition of equals, uh, and I'm not 
sure how you achieve that. There's been all sorts of talk. There's been talk about you know rotating the uh, the, the T-shirt to to achieve that. Whether that's a viable proposition uh, is another matter. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think yeah, Amy Malley's right in terms in terms of this. What what it is is about is about raising a, a conversation now, a, a discussion point, and a prospectus for what Irish unity would look like. The point that Sinn Féin has, has made is that, you know, there haven't been any discussions. Fianna Fáil and, and Fine Gael have spent the best part of a century talking about Irish unity, but doing absolutely zilch about advancing that, partly for not, so as not to raise the hackles of unionists. It should, it should be conceded. But where is the, um, the blueprint? I think what's interesting is that unionists are divided as to how to respond. There are some who say, we will have no discussion with uh, parties in the South about the dissolution of our own country. Others, like the former DUP leader Peter Robinson, have said we do need to talk ab- about Irish unity because it is you know, potentially a-, a prospect and we don't want a sort of post-Brexit referendum type scenario in which no one's got a clue what to do the morning after uh, a vote has been taken, even though you know, I've, I've no doubt at the moment that there isn't a majority for the, in the North uh, for a united Ireland. Put in context that point made by Mary Lou last night on Newsnight, where she was talking about demanding that the European Union make moves in Ireland similar to those when the reunification of Germany was happening. I think that's pretty optimistic from, from Mary Lou Macdonald, to be honest. I don't see the EU interfering in what they would see as sovereign business of uh, of the UK government. I mean, that would open up a whole range of other issues. Would the, should the EU interfere in the internal affairs of Spain, for example, and, and the Catalan situation? The EU tends to uh, run a mile uh, in terms of in, interfering in, in sovereign matters of member states. So... I don't see that as a runner. Uh, I understand why Mary Lou would, would advance that. I mean, the concept of an Irish unity in an unthreatening European context is obviously appealing. I, I do think that Brexit has helped, uh, to some extent, weaken opposition to Irish unity amongst a section of Northern Ireland's population. Not unionists. Unionists are... Oh, unionists, they're, you know, they're, they're defined by wanting to retain the link between um, Great Britain and, and Northern Ireland. But there's, you know, if you look at the Life and Times surveys, they're showing that there's almost half the population in Northern Ireland that are identifying as neither unionist nor nationalist these days. It's those, those are the people that Sinn Féin are looking to convert to outright support for United Ireland. And there is some survey evidence. If you look at, if you look at the, the last 13 uh, surveys that have been done on... Um, whether there should be a United Ireland in Northern Ireland. Only three have suggested there are more in favour of United Ireland than against. And you know, there's big differences according to the methodology that's used. On face-to-face uh, interviews, that were nowhere near support for United Ireland in Northern Ireland. Some online surveys have suggested that you know, we, we are getting close to majority support for, for United Ireland within Northern Ireland. So that would have to be resolved. I think that comes back to a, a, an important point about the criteria that should be used for a Secretary of State to call a border poll because there aren't any criteria in place. It just simply says in the Good Friday Agreement, the Secretary, it's, it's up to the Secretary of State to decide when he thinks that you know, opinion has changed within Northern Ireland. But what measurements is the Secretary of State? going to use. We don't know. We don't know what Julian Smith considers. Does he look at online surveys? Does he look at face-to-face opinion poll surveys? Uh, and I think there should be some published criteria so at least we would know then when a border poll can be triggered. How do you think it'll pan out over the next week 
two weeks, three weeks, how long it takes them to form a government, however long it takes them to form a government in the Republic. Do you believe it could be rotating Taoiseachs with Michael Martin and Mary Lou? Do you think Mary Lou possibly could form something with other groups herself? Would she be better off being patient and being in opposition and let someone else make a horlicks of it and then Sinn Féin will get even more votes the next time? Well, how do you think it'll pan out? I think from a Sinn Féin perspective that they'll be sensing actually being in, in, in continuing in opposition uh, because there may well be another election soon and Sinn Féin might expect to do even better. They'd cert- they'll certainly be fielding far more candidates than 42 at the next election. So there is a strong argument from a Sinn Féin perspective for patience here. I think the second point to make is Neil Martin, it's now or never for him as Taoiseach. So, you know, the deal has to be him as Taoiseach, at least at the start, even if you have that rotating uh, Taoiseach idea, which, you know, who, who knows how that, how that would pan out. I think the, the, the third point is to reiterate, Sinn Féin cannot be a junior partner. It would be very, very dangerous for Sinn Féin uh, to adopt that. So it would have to be a, a coalition uh, of equals, uh, and that could produce a lot of tension between those two parties. I mean, they're hardly, hardly ideological soulmates, and although it was significant that a number of Fianna Foyle TDs came forward very quickly uh, to drop the idea of, you know, not doing business with Sinn Féin, including me or Martin himself, it should be said, within hours of the exit poll, you know, I, I still think that, you know, it's, it wouldn't be a, a, you know, it would certainly be a loveless marriage. I mean, Sinn Féin's policies were left of centre, markedly left of centre at the election. It played well uh, with the electorate. Fianna Foyles were not offering left of centre policies uh, at the election, and Fianna Foyle is still not trusted by Sinn Féin support because of the way the, the economy tanked in Ireland uh, just over a decade ago. So I think it would be uh, unstable. So like I said, I think there's, there's an argument for Sinn Féin staying out of government, but I think the temptation would be too great to resist. And Sinn Féin also don't want to be seen to be running away uh, from government. They want to be seen as a party of government rather than a, you know, a permanent oppositionist party in, engaging in the luxuries of opposition without taking any responsibility for governance. John, always good to speak to you. Thank you very much indeed. Eamon, what do you make of the next few weeks? How do you think it'll pan out? Well, this is my thinking. I only met one man in the Irish Republic in the run-in to the election. He told me, I'll predict that the Sinn Féin would, would get a very good vote. And he said it's a protest vote because people, young people are obsessing about the lack of housing, homelessness, and their inability to get the appropriate medical treatment. So if you're voting for Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin are promising change on all of these fronts. If Sinn Féin balks thou and says, oh no, we're going to stay in opposition, we're not going to go into government, that could backfire badly should there be an election, even in the short to long term. The people who voted for Sinn Féin want them in power. So I suspect that there will be a challenge to Mary Lou to actually form a government in some uh, configuration. That would be my take. I think it will be very risky staying away, not going into government. Given that they're the largest party in the country, I think they have a very strong hand in any negotiations. The weak hand rests with people like Leah Varadkar 
and uh, Micheál Martin. Micheál Martin could be vulnerable even as a leader within his own party. That's, that's, and there are already people calling for urgent meetings within Fianna Fáil to discuss the fallout, and that is not exclusive of the possibility of challenging Micheál Martin's leadership from what I heard last night. Varadkar, he is definitely going to be challenged, isn't he? Yes, he's very vulnerable, very, very vulnerable. It's extraordinary, Frank. When you think of that guy strutting the stages in Europe uh, five weeks ago, he was the man everybody with whom everybody wanted to speak, Simon Coveney, similarly. And these guys come in, in they, they, they have to wait to get elected way down the line. It's extraordinary what has happened. Politics? A week is a long time in politics. A day, two hours is a long time in politics, Frank. It's a cruel trade. It is a cruel trade, and that's been proven in the Republic at this present moment in time. John Tong, Eamon Malley, uh, thank you very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.